Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the third season of the Ray Reynolds Rap Podcast. If you haven't already done it, go ahead and click that subscribe button. We hope that you'll check us out also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok and find out more about content. Of course, we encourage you to also check out the website at rayreynoldsrap.com. We hope you enjoy today's program. From time to time on the podcast, we will use Bible classes and sermons that were delivered at the Somerdale Church of Christ in Somerdale, Alabama, or other locations where I've had the opportunity to speak. And so this particular broadcast is one of those sermons from Somerdale. We hope that you enjoy it. Now, as most of you know, we've been going through a series on the fruit of the Spirit. And of course, we have the little uh, banner over here. Uh, May is supposed to start the subject of patience. And so you've probably noticed in the bulletin that I already had an outline in there on patience. If you'll just be patient with me, we'll do that lesson in a few weeks. So the outline there, you're going to just have to scrap it. That's okay. This morning, instead, we're going to spend some time talking one more lesson on peace. On peace. Our text here is Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 1 through 6. Now Paul, in his writing, spends a lot of time on three key words. And he emphasizes those in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13. When he says there is faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Those are the three topics he loves to talk about. In fact, if you really want a good study, go through and notice how many times Paul uses those words and the purpose with which he used those words. The text that Chase read for us this morning helps us to better understand what it means to be a part of of something greater than ourselves, to be a part of the body of Christ. And he uses a very, very important phrase here we probably heard many times through our life, and that is to have the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. At church, that's exactly what we need today. We need to have unity in the Spirit in the bond or in the binding of peace. Look at some of the words that are found here in this context. As you begin to think about some of the phrases that are used. He talks about our walk. He talks about our calling. He talks about having this lowliness of mind, being able to be more gentle in our walk with God. He talks about having things through long suffering. Did you notice that? He says, bearing with one another in love, enduring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So you have that idea of, of, of doing things in a way that other people can be glorified or God can be glorified, thinking of yourself less. This idea of bearing in love means that we learn to, and yes, we'll use the word tolerate, one another. That we learn to get along. There are so many times in my early life I wished my brother had not been born. As it would have been nice to be an only child. Brother and I were 18 months apart. And there were times that through our life we fought. My mom would say fought like cats and dogs. I've seen cats and dogs. Some of them can get along just fine. But we did. We fought a lot. And through the years we had so many different things that came up. And I had to learn moving about every six months for many, many years, about eight years of my life, that every time I packed boxes and moved to a new state or to a new place, all I had was my brother. He was, he was the best friend I needed. I didn't want him there at first, you know. But you learn to love your siblings. And as we grew older, we grew even stronger in our bond. And I'd do anything for my brother. I love him very, very much. And he feels the same. How could he not feel the same, right? You probably feel that way about your siblings. They've got to love you. And so we learn 
to get along because we were stuck together. And there's a, an old Huey Lewis song we used to sing about being stuck together. The idea is we're just together and we've got to get used to it. We're going to have to learn to live with it. And sometimes even as brothers and sisters in Christ, there are things that happen and you say, I wish they ought not say or they, I wish they ought not do these particular things. But we have got to learn to get along. Unity in the spirit, in the bond of peace. It talks about enduring you know, basically endeavoring to keep this unity above all else. It's like keeping the family intact, spending as much time with one another and loving one another despite our hang-ups and all the problems we may face. And then this idea of the bond of peace we'll deal with this morning by recognizing seven things here in this text that show us the unity that Paul is expecting. Now, I, I, I love food. You probably didn't know that, right? So I'm using an illustration since we're dealing with fruit. We're going to use a pie as an example here. So bear with me as we go through a few of these thoughts. I want you to recognize, first of all, that Paul talks about the one, the one body. One body. That is unity of organization. One body. As long as there are two bodies or three bodies or 1,200 bodies, there is no unity of the spirit division among those who compromise or or compose these these different bodies gathered together that's the reason why there are so many different things going on among christendom because we do not all get along we don't all interpret the bible the same and it's frustrating sometimes because we'll talk to people and they'll say what do you believe and we tell what we believe and they tell what they believe we say why are we so different well the bible is written in such a way it should be simple to understand and at some point, we should be able to sit down if we have an open Bible. That's the problem. We don't do that. We run to what our preacher said or a pastor said or a book that we read instead of looking at the Bible. And the Bible is consistent. There are certain patterns here that you can't avoid. And if you open it up and you begin to read it, you can follow it just like Grandma's recipe for a cherry pie. It should be simple to be able to fulfill these things. Jesus prayed quite frequently for unity. You remember the prayer... In John 17, when he begins to pray, and he says very plainly, Lord, I wish that they were one in us, one like us. Now think about the Trinity for just a minute. Our, our brains just, it's hard to comprehend how three are one and one is three. But the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, the Godhead, is one entity. And so you begin to think about how he says, I wish... That all of my people, I wish the church, I wish the body were all one in the same mind and same judgment. Paul will use that phrase. And he gave a perfect standard of unity to aim for by showing us how to work with the 12 apostles. Each one from a different background, each one from different uh, levels of society. And the Lord uses this example of these 12 men as they gather together and they work together. That's the way the church ought to be. And as you go through the book of Acts, that's how it is. Jews and Gentiles. It did not matter where they were from. It didn't matter the sins that they had committed. Once the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed them, they're added to the church, to the one body. There begins to have this unity. And we strive to be as close to the New Testament church as we possibly can. He was dedicated, that is, Jesus was dedicated to doing the will of the Father, even if it cost him his life. So what a great pattern for us to follow. The second thing is, notice the one spirit. There is unity 
in Revelation. I'm always leery of people saying, well, you know, I, I, God said this to me or God said that to me. The Bible consistently shows us how God works. It's very simple. And as we begin to read through our New Testament, we find things that Paul says. We find things that Peter says about how the scriptures are composed and the word of God is complete, able to thoroughly furnish us for every good work. We don't need another revelation. We have the greatest revelation. I was watching a uh, video. It's funny, but it's not watching a video about a, a man who's a member of the church, and he was interviewing someone from a, another religious group. That they, they say they have to have another testament or more teachings. And, and there are some preachers that now say, we need a whole bunch of extra books to go with the Bible. And this preacher said very plainly, I don't know why you want all those extra books. You don't read the one you got. If we would just simply spend more time, well, I want more, I want more. You want to really grow in your faith? Read the Old Testament, too. Grow by reading the entirety of the Bible, the one spirit. The, the Bible is given to us by inspiration of God, but it's, it's God-breathed by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit moved men to be able to write the words on these pages. And so this unity of the Spirit and revelation is clear, but also I want you to notice how this thought of being in one spirit, there's a phrase that's used, it's in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13, where it says that we drink into the one spirit. And I always thought that was fascinating. What does it mean? What are you saying, Paul, about drinking of the one spirit? He's talking about partaking of something, to bring it and put it inside of you so that it dwells inside of you. That's the Holy Spirit. He dwells inside of us. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so therefore, the spirit guides us. The Word of God guides us. The Spirit of God guides us. I don't need additional guidance. It's great to have good teaching and preaching, but if I didn't have that, I could always look to the, the Scriptures. In fact, we taught throughout Scripture about how the Spirit works and what the Spirit does, and some people say, well, I just don't understand it. Well, we don't, not a one of us could probably stand up and say we're an expert on all biblical things, but what if we got together and studied it? What if we, we brought up a topic and said, this is something we really want to look at. Could we dig into the Word of God together? Absolutely. We call it Bible school, Bible class. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I mentioned uh, on Wednesday night coming up in just a few weeks, I'll be teaching in here on Sunday nights. And the topics are going to be your topics that you pick. When you suggest something that we talk about, we're going to study that on Sunday nights. And hope that we can learn a little more about some of these difficult topics that, that we often try to avoid. Let's just spend some more time with an open Bible and see if we can get some clarity. Number three, he talks about one hope. That's a unity of aspiration, that I am looking forward to heaven. I did a funeral yesterday for Mama. It was sad. It was tough. She was 100 years old. And I mentioned to the, to the crowd that was there gathered at her graveside that you think about the... the the hundred years that she lived, it's just the dro a drop in the ocean compared to eternity. And we need to live our life well while we're here and strive for what God has planned for all eternity. And that is to be in his presence. And I don't want to ruin eternity trying to do a few things while I'm here that make me happy. I want to try to stay in tune with God's will. And so in order to do that, I have my hope. I look forward to the things that God has prepared for me. The, one of the great phrases that Jesus uses in one of his parables is it says, it says uh, uh, welcome in or well done, good and faithful 
servant. And that's the phrase we want to hear when we get there. A very simple thing an old preacher taught me once. If you want God to say, well done, good and faithful servant, you better do well and be good and faithful as a servant of God. So I want that hope. I want that aspiration. And we all need to share it. Number four, notice that there is one faith. There's this unity in authority. There's a difference between faith and opinion. And we often have opinions on certain things. But if it's a matter of faith, we preach the gospel. It's a matter of opinion. You know, it's, it's just what my thoughts might be. A matter of faith that we need to be baptized into Christ. It's a matter of faith that we are uh, able to, to, to continue to worship in spirit and in truth. There are certain things I do because of my faith, not fearing men, but fearing God, that I choose to do certain things in a certain way. I reverence God as the authority. God is not the author of confusion. God does things, has always done things, very strategic and very planned. And again, if God has ordained certain things to be done in his church, we'll talk about worship in just a moment, then what about in our daily life? Well, there are things we should be doing daily to show our faith. Number five, there is one Lord that shows unity of doctrine. There is one Lord who has all authority. Jesus said, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. As he has authorized these things, he says, this is what I need you to do. And he has the authority to command it. We then have to act on it. So we begin to think about our liberties and we think about the things, as I said, matters of opinion. We're going to be judged not by the opinions that I have or opinions of men. I'll be judged by the Lord and by his words. So if I want to pass the test, I probably better read the textbook. Number six, he talks about baptism. There is one baptism. This is a unity of practice that each of us have chosen. If we want to be a part of the New Testament church, if we want to have our sins remitted, we submit to God in baptism. Now, I'll be quite honest with you. I go through the scriptures and I read all these verses about baptism. We say, why does God require baptism? Well, why do I have to ask why God requires something? If he requires it, we just simply do it. I had a friend over at the house one time. My room was a wreck. He had trashed it. You know, you ever have friends come over and they trash your room and then they leave? I said, we're going to your house next weekend. Guess what I'm going to do? Toy box in the floor. But I had this friend and my mom came in and she said, you need to clean this mess up. And I started cleaning and he said, what are you cleaning up for? I said, she comes in a second time, we're both in trouble, you know. I recognized that if my mother had commanded something, I needed to do it. I didn't need to second guess it. Now, sometimes as we get a little older, not children, but as we get into our preteen and teen years, we begin to question why, why, why. We don't need an answer why. We just need to read what the command is. What does it say? It's for my safety. I don't need to sit down and have a debate as to why we need speed limits and a debate to why we need stoplights and why we have a debate on all those things. I know that they're in place for a reason. I may not like it, but they're there for a reason. There are rules, there are laws, there are commands. And when it comes to practice, there is one baptism. Baptism for the remission of sins in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And there is one God that shows a unity of worship one God who is above all and through all and in you all. And God is, is behind this whole scheme of redemption. He's been planning it all along. All of this grows out of his marvelous, amazing, wonderful love and grace that he brings us together. And this, this is the reason why I wanted to finish up with this, 
picture of this pie where all the pieces come together. And that's what we do when we come together in worship, is we worship one God together in one place. And when we're here in worship, life begins to make more sense. Because we look around and we say, these are other Christians who are just simply trying to live their faith in such a way that they might reach heaven as their eternal goal. God is one God. Now, I want to finish up. It's going to take me just a minute, but I want to, I want to share with you an example. I asked the teenagers uh, if I could have some volunteers, and I got two. If you know who you are, come on up here in the front. Okay. Here they come. Now, I want to go back to the verse to notice something, if you'll go back. Notice this. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. If I am going to walk as a faithful Christian... I also have to walk in step with other faithful Christians if I'm going to keep the bond of peace. Now, think about this for just a moment. Let's say the three of us, all right, we're going to be bound together. Now, we've got some questions we're going to have to ask. I especially have some questions for you guys I need to ask. So here, take that, wrap it around your arm, something. All right, I'm going to wrap it around mine. You wrap around yours. All right, we still got a little room in there like that. All right, if we are going to walk somewhere, there are some questions that have to be answered. One is, where are we going? Where are, we, are we going that way or are we going that way? Which way are we going? Who's in charge? Who's, who's authority? What, well, we got to have an authority as to where to walk, right? This comes back to the thought of all that unity that we are bound together, and as Christians, we're bound in a similar covenant by the blood of Jesus Christ to walk together. So we're going to say, let's say we're going to walk, let's walk over here. Could we walk over here? Okay, so we got to be careful because now, now, now i got to figure out how fast he's walking, how slow he's walking. Okay, you can stop. Have you ever noticed when you're in Walmart or Target or Publix, and you see the people in the carts in front of you, and they're on their phone, and they're, and they're slowing down. The kids are grabbing stuff off the shelves, and you do one of those pass moves. Or if you're like me, I just avoid that aisle altogether. I'm not even going to mess with it. I'm going to go down, and I'm going to come back the other way. And then you come back the other way, and they turn the cart around. Oh, so if we're going to walk in step with one another in order to accomplish this idea of peace, Amos talks about how the, the, the two that walk together or those that walk together have to walk in sync. We have to walk in the same manner. So we walk the same step. We go, let's say we're going to go this way. We've got to make sure we don't step on each other, right? So I've got to think about where we're going. Okay, let's stop here. We've got to think about the speed where we're going. We've got to understand how long we're going to do this, right? How long am I going to walk with you? How long am I going to walk with you? Are you going to abandon that rope and give up? You want to. You, you want to give up the rope? Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. If we're going to walk together, we have to determine how long we're going to walk together. And if we're walking together in this idea of a calling, that's our vocation. This is what we live for. This is what we strive for. In the bond of peace, we are going to do this until we reach eternity. We're going to be bound together. We are a family and we work, we live, we support, we bear with one another together, togetherness, and we walk in step. 
So we've got where we're going. We've got how long we're going to do it. We've got to do the speed with which we do it. And now we've got to ask, why are we doing this? Why are we doing it? Am I doing this because it was my idea? Is it my idea? Yeah, yeah, it's my idea, right? Yeah, okay. Well, when it comes to walking with the Lord, we're doing it based on his authority. And he calls us to be what? Peacemakers. And that means that I have to be understanding of the other people around me. And I have to understand that Tyler might not be able to jog. I had a friend call me up. This was in Gulf Shores many years ago. He said, hey, you want to come walk with me? I said, sure. I'll come walk with you. I didn't ask him his definition of a walk. His definition of a walk was for the two of us to walk one street, run the next, walk one street, run the next. I didn't bring enough Powerade for that. And I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get enough of leave in my system that morning. And we took a couple, and I said, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to slow down. He goes, I'll catch you on the next way around. Well, I thought we were walking together. Now I'm alone in this neighborhood, walking around, sweating. I'm not ready for that. So if we're going to do this, I have to be patient with you. And you've got to be patient with me. And together, we're going to go where we need to go. We're going to do what we need to do. We're going to do it in sync, in the bond of peace. I, I should not spend my time as a Christian calling out other Christians because I don't like the way they walk. Because we're supposed to be in step. And I shouldn't be critical whenever one brother or sister slows down or has to stop. I stop with them. I don't run off and leave them. I'm not going to drag them like a toddler behind me, you know. I, I understand that if he slows down, I slow down. If he speeds up, I speed up. We're in this together. If he weeps... I weep. If he rejoices, I rejoice. Unity in the Spirit together in the bond of peace. All right, I'm going to release you. All right. And there's plenty of rope, by the way, because we could wrap this. You guys can go sit down. Thank you. This would wrap around the entire church. I'm not going to do that. But we, we church, we are in this together. We're in it together, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. This idea of all this unity, this is what we're here to do. The world will criticize, the world will judge, the world will frustrate, the world loves conflict, but not in the Lord's church because we believe in unity and in love and we believe in working. We are the only group of people that shoot our wounded. And when someone's hurting, instead of reaching out, we go, well, don't really want to deal with that. In fact, when this morning as we leave, you ask somebody, how you feeling? How you doing? You want them to say good so you can keep walking. You don't want them to say, well, you know, I had a doctor's appointment this week. Say, oh, man, I'm, the Baptists are going to beat me to Wolf Bay, you know. We, if, we, if we are concerned about one another, we pause, we listen, and we work together because we're all headed to the same destination. We don't run ahead of each other. We don't run behind each other. We don't throw rocks at each other. We are unity in step. That's the bond of peace that keeps us together. So church, if you're struggling, it doesn't matter what it is, whatever your pain is, you may feel like people are throwing rocks at you. If you get in tune with the Spirit of God and you walk with other Christians, they're going to throw rocks at me too. And that's just fine. That's just fine. We work together. And if you've got a struggle and you need prayer this morning, let's take care of it. If, if, you, if you've hurt somebody else and you realize you need to repent of that, take care of that today. And if you're not a child of God, 
The great unity that we talked about this morning is found only in the family of God. And by the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses all sin, if you've made that good confession that Jesus Christ is Lord and you put aside all the sins that you've ever committed and you join together in the bonds of peace, we'll work together. And if you want to be added to the family of God, we encourage you also to come. Thank you for tuning in to the Ray Reynolds Wrap Podcast, and specifically this study of New Testament books. If you have a specific Bible question that relates to the material we just covered, please feel free to email me that at rayreynoldswrap at gmail.com. We want to encourage you to tune into every broadcast, follow us on social media, and get regular updates on the content. Follow, subscribe, share, and set your notifications so you don't miss any broadcasts or blogs that are posted. Check out the website for free books and Bible study materials at rayreynoldswrap.com. Hope you have a wonderful day, and may the Lord bless you as you seek to maintain an authentic life in Christ Jesus. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.